This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. Oh, okay, it's about radio signals. Phineas, I think that's for you. It's technical issues. Please respond to our listener here from Cape Gallus. Please, Phineas, if you can. But anyway, we want to talk about sports broadcasting, right? We want to educate each other. We want to get a better understanding of what exactly is going on in South Africa where we can't watch the Springboks, we can't watch the Proteas, we can't watch them play in World Cups. Um, and also, we, we can't even actually watch most of the games in our local football, the bread and butter of many South Africans here, uh, which is the PSL. And even, even even that's not accessible, you know. You're lucky to get one game a weekend on SABC. And sometimes, most of the time, they don't even have a choice on which game uh, to show. So, um, Michael Markovic is on the line, head of Gibbs Media Leadership Think Tank and a former SABC board member. Um, Michael, good evening again from us here on SAFM. Thank you for being available again to speak to us about on this topic tonight. Thanks for having me again, to be so happy to be here. Thank you, sir. We we left it off where you were basically talking about the unbundling of rights, which is what the SABC has been asking the regulator ICASA for. Even when Gary Rathbone was still with us, that that's what he was preaching. Uh, because at the moment, SABC has to sub-license rights from SuperSport. But what exactly is the unbundling of rights? Well, uh, that's, a, that's a very good question, Tabi. So basically, what it means is, I don't know if, if, if some of your listeners recall, uh, back in the day, when you look at, so let's use the Premier League in, in the UK as an example, there was a time when it was very much like it is in South Africa with the PSL, where all the rights were sold by the Premier League to Sky Sports. And Sky Sports held exclusive rights. I don't think they even sub-licensed some of them. Um, and what had happened then in terms of development of, of competition law in Europe is the Premier League was forced to unbundle. That means it, it couldn't sell all the rights to just one player. It was required to unbundle. So, for example, today, I'll just talk about the Premier League. The BBC Sport is the, the Premier League's free-to-air highlights broadcast partner. So they, they, they've carved that out. They've unbundled free-to-air highlights and they say the BBC is their partner. Obviously, they've got to pay for it. Um, then you've got rights that are, are given on a live and a non-live basis. So they've unbundled that. Some are live, some are non-live. And they've got agreements with Sky Sports, BT Sport, Amazon Prime, uh, etc. So really what unbundling of rights is saying is saying, listen, in order to maximize competition, in order to maximize access, we are going to make sure that different parts of the market can bid for specific rights. In other words, you don't want to have a situation where your pay TV broadcaster actually buys rights like free-to-air rights or buys exclusive all rights, which effectively means includes free-to-air rights when they don't even have that platform. So that's really, in, in, in a nutshell, what unbundling of sports rights means. It's, it's almost the same as saying creating packages for different platforms, for different types of broadcasters, and letting people bid separately for those unbundled rights. So then, is, is that maybe why then the SABC is able to secure rights for, for, for Bundesliga, for example, EPL and other leagues like Dutch era DVC, yeah. because this is the standard practice around the world? Well, I think we, you know, to, to be fair, what I think we really have to do is to, is to separate out rights that you would buy for your home league, like a PSL, to sort of international rights, because often international rights are done by region. Um, so, for instance, even the SABC's managed to get some 
Premier League rights for a live, uh, I think it's one on a, on a Saturday. Mm. Um, but you know, so, so those are broken up. But I think if you're going to compare apples and apples, you probably have to compare sort of Premier League for UK broadcasters to PSL for South African broadcasters. And if you look at the PSL agreement uh, in 2017, 2018, uh, all of the rights were exclusively sold to the pay TV broadcaster Supersport. And that would be like all the rights being sold to Sky Sports for for uh, for the Premier League there, and Sky BBC would have to go to Sky Sports to sublicense. Now that doesn't happen there anymore. That's 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 regarded as 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 as, as not a not a good practice, and and their competition regulators have frowned upon that and said, listen, if you're going to sell, uh, a, if you're going to operate. As a as a kind of a collecting selling organisation, like your, all your sports bodies are, you've got they get together as clubs, they get together as province, and they collectively market rights. Sometimes people can say, well, that's, they're operating like a cartel because they're all agreeing on what the price should be. Mm. But on the other hand, it would be crazy for every club to sell separately. So there's an understanding that sports bodies make sense for them to get together to sell rights in a collective way, but. The big difference is, is that the European regulators have said, if you're going to do that, then you cannot just sell the rights to one player. And our law, unfortunately, at this stage, doesn't prevent all the rights being sold to one player, as a case in the PSL. So really, um, uh, that's where we are at the moment. That's what the NBC had desperately wanted to, to see change, because it felt that uh, it would be fairer to be buying or, or bidding for the free-to-air rights directly with the PSL, because uh, there's another free-to-air broadcaster, we could compete with them for those mm. rights. Um, but having to actually sub-license it from a competitor puts the SABC in a situation which is not uh, uh, what I would call beneficial in terms of a strategic planning of sports broadcasting, etc. So. I don't know if that if that's if that's a bit clearer. To no, it so. is. It is. Thank you very much for that clarity. But then, why does our law not allow this? Then, Michael, is this where the regulator ICASA comes in? Exactly. I think you're exactly right. So historically, the question of sports broadcasting rights was always regulated by the the regulator for broadcasting, the Independent Communication Authority of South Africa, ICASA, and the law enabled ICASA to make regulations on sports broadcasting to determine a list of sports which should be on what they call national sporting events, but really involving the national teams um, and saying that these sports should be seen on free to air. But what was quite important is that those rights, those regulations never said they have to be on free to air at any cost. So there's many times the SABC uh, as as tried to bid for what one could call national rights, um, knowing that you know they're, they're, that that the regulator wants those rights to be exploited on free to air. But if the rights are overpriced or there are other issues, sometimes the SABCs had to pull back. Um, sometimes ETV, you know, completely pulls out of the negotiations. Remember, we're not even just talking. The regulations don't talk about SABC. Mm. The regulators talk about free to air which means SABC or e-media in this case, or pay. Those are the two categories. 
And so when they say sports must be on free to air, it doesn't specify which free to air. So that's what I'm getting at. You know, if there was a free to air package for PSL, it might be that uh, the, the, the SABC could be outbid by another free to air broadcaster. But as long as they are seen free to air by the public, then the spirit of the regulations would be met. Unfortunately, the regulations didn't go far enough. Unfortunately, they took the PSL off the list because they argued um, the PSL is not a national sporting event like your Springboks, like your Proteas. It's, an, it's a club competition. But I think, you know, many people see it almost as a national sport because it's such a huge competition, such huge passion around this, this game. And even though it is club, it was, you know, people see it in, in a sort of a national sporting event kind of way. But the only change that ICASA really made to its recent regulations was to take PSL off the list. So the SABC was actually worse off than it was before these regulations. And as I said, I think a couple of weeks ago, they decided not to un require unbundling of rights. They decided not to even change um, the way sub-licensing would happen. I mean, ICASA could have made a regulation to say that sub-licensing shall only happen on a, on a fair basis um, and on, you know, on, a, on a basis which doesn't lead to anti-competitive results. But then none of that was done. So the SABC um, uh, uh, then decided uh, to turn to the Competition Commission with respect to what it felt were alleged anti-competitive restrictive practices. I talked about it last week, uh, where in the in terms of the PSL agreement, Supersport has the right to decide which platforms the SABC is allowed to exploit those PSL rights, and currently. The contract with the SABC only allows the SABC to exploit the PSL games, when I say exploit, sell advertising around it, to try and make money around it, on terrestrial platforms. And those are DTT and your free-to-air analog, which is supposed to be switched off quite soon. So that means in terms of the current um, agreement with PSL, SABC cannot show those games on OpenView, on the Super, on the SABC Sports Channel on OpenView. It cannot show it on SABC One as it comes on OpenView. So that's why we've often got complaints, and I think you've mentioned it as well, is that you, you'll advertise that the game is on, on SABC One, a PSL game. But if you happen to be watching SABC One on the OpenView platform, you won't see it. Now, reputationally, that's terrible for the SABC, because there are people who say, what are you talking about? You, 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 you advertise SABC One, but I'm watching SABC One, the game's not on there. And that's because of the restrictions. So what SABC decided that it was untenable to continue like that because Supersport wanted the same conditions um, when SABC bid for the British Lions tour and they insisted that they di could dictate which platforms the SABC would, would, would be able to use those rights. And SABC decided to pull back and, and, and after that made a complaint to the commission. So really, you know, that's where we are. The commission will investigate that complaint. Um, but I think what's really, really important is, you know, one of the things that the previous board can, you know, look back with, with some satisfaction is that we were able to launch the SBC Sports Channel on a very limited budget, um, but with a view to show, to show South Africans that the public broadcast was very keen to compete um, in, the, in, the, in the sports broadcasting environment because it's never possible 
to just carry all the sport on the three uh, uh, big channels, SABC1, SABC2, and SABC3, because you end up displacing other programming, and you know what happens in the building when you've got to displace other programming, you, you know, people have other, you, you, you're messing up other people's uh, targets and revenue, et cetera. So that's really in a nutshell. Um, it's not a nutshell, it's a big nutshell, I suppose, but um, uh, I hope that that makes sense, and that's why the SABC you know, has taken the issue on and took it seriously. I mean, as as I, as I said last time, I'm a former board member. I don't speak on behalf of the SABC. I speak really in support of the SABC. Okay, we are speaking to Mr. Michael Markovic, who's the head of uh, Gibbs Media Leadership Think Tank and former SABC board member, as you had. By the way, um, this is the second time we're having this conversation, and we did invite the Competition Commission just to give us an update on this matter that the SABC has taken to the Competition uh, Commission about basically this monopoly and how they're not happy with it. And um, at the moment, the Competition Commission says they are not able to speak to us. This matter is still in its early stages. When it does develop further, they'll be able to give us an update. But right now, basically, they said they don't have an update for us at all. Even though this um, matter was put in front of them uh, sometime last year, last year, way towards, I think, the end of the year, that's when Gary Rathbone told us that they've gone to the Competition Commission, but they're not able to, to, to speak to us because uh, they seem to not have dealt with it at the moment or just yet. We're going to take a break. We've got a couple of voice notes and we will um, play them after this after this break. Evening, member and Katlode. I just want to say thank you for the education because a lot of people keep on bashing the SAPC without having information as far as what goes on with broadcasting right is concerned. So thank you for the education. But where is ICASA in all of this? Where is the competition commission in all of this? You know, because now you have a monopoly. They are title sponsor, they are the right holder. So they dictate everything. The game over the weekend, for example, started at 8 because they did not want us to go to the stadium. They wanted us to watch on TV. Madness. Good evening, Tabiso. Um, I've got one question for your guest. Are the people at, at ICASA, the commissioners at ICASA, do they know broadcasting? Are they qualified? Are they educated in, in terms of sports, uh, sports broadcasting? Or are they just uh, political deployees uh, who, don't have, who don't have any clue about sports broadcasting? Because this has been going on for some time. It's like they're sitting there and they're not doing anything. So, um, I wanted to ask that to your guest. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, thanks for those. Keep them coming. 061-4104-107. Mike, there's a lot of comments about ICASA. Firstly, maybe, um, how much of a say does the public have when it comes to, to these uh, matters and ICASA regulations? Because the last time we spoke to them, they had public sessions and they were inviting the public and they were saying that the public is just not attending and giving input in these sessions. Yeah. Look, I think, you know, what ends up happening with the, the public does have a right to comment. But often what happens is you find it really these 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 hearings are mostly attended by industry. It sometimes can be quite technical and legal and dry. And often the ad, the advertising for those uh, processes are done in the government gazette or in in areas where they're not really publicized by the media so broadly. So while the public has a right to participate, often uh, it's not able for various reasons to take up that right. But those processes are open. There's no, I've got no complaints about the transparency. I think where one has struggled is that over the years, the SABC's interests 
in, in my personal view, have not been protected. You know, in fact, the law actually says, Tabisa, is that the regulator is required to protect the integrity and viability of the public broadcaster. That's in the statute, the, the Electronic Communications Act. It's one of the objectives of, of, of ICASA. So we've always believed, and those of us, you know, now that I'm even that I'm off the board, I've always supported public broadcasting. There are many of us who believe that part of ICASA's mission is to always have a consideration, does this help the public broadcaster? Not favor it, not give it any special treatment, but basically consider, does this regulation assist the integrity and viability? And I like to emphasize viability. Now, you know, I'll I, I make no com comment on, 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 on people at the regulator. This is not personal. We're just talking about, do, does the, the current regulation protect the SABC um, from a very dominant player in a sports broadcasting market? And in my view, the regulations do not, okay? Um, now, the Competition Commission is a separate regulator to, to ICASA. Competition Commission has a much broader uh, jurisdiction. It has a jurisdiction over the whole economy and competition over the whole economy. And so um, the SABC, after not really getting uh, uh, to where it wanted to and where it wanted the policy to go with ICASA, uh, decided to, to go the route of the Competition Commission when a particular practice or conduct came, came out which the, it was felt, it was alleged, let's put it that way, was anti-competitive. So I can understand it from the Commission's point of view. The Commission has now got a complaint in terms of their law. They now uh, make a decision as to whether the complaint is worth investigating. The SABC has, has put in its complaint. It now needs to allow the regulator space and time to investigate that complaint. And then only after it's investigated the complaint will we know what what way this is going to go. So I think from, from their reaction is probably they are still in the middle of investigating it. And I think when, 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 uh, even though these things take longer than one hopes, I think it is a significant uh, uh, investigation. Um, I think it's the first time that these, the, the sports broadcasting market will be investigated with a competition uh, element or, or track in mind because this is not within the ICASA uh, domain. And I think we must, we, must let, we, must, we must keep an eye on that process and we must see what happens. Because if, if we believe that rights are unbundled, if, if uh, uh, sports rights holders cannot just sell to one company and that company cannot unfairly uh, uh, um, you know, dictate what sub-licensees do with the rights, I think it could fundamentally change uh, the, the, the sports broadcasting industry. Um, I really believe that is that, that the SABC Sports Channel, if it is allowed to be the same wherever it, you find it, if you are watching Sundowns versus Pirates on SABC One, doesn't matter which SABC One, whether it's on the streaming platform, whether it's on the analog, whether it's on OpenView, the same game should be showing. And that's all I think one was asking for was for the right to decide which platforms you want to use for content that, that the SBC's paid for. 
And yeah, we've seen some big judgments from the Competition Commission in other industries over the years. So we'll wait. We'll wait for them to come out with something here. But it's clear, uh, Mike, from from some of the voice notes we've just played, that the public doesn't seem to have faith in 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 ICASA. So is ICASA failing the public here? You know, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to really put it in those terms. I think that, you know. I think every person who every every broadcaster who's regulated by ICASA uh, participates in their processes. Uh, ICASA is aware, and the, I think the SABC made it public at the time that it was not happy with the outcome of the of that process. And the SABC really had a couple of options. One was to take the regulator to to court to take those regulations on review. But as you know, Tabisa, that could take another three to four or five years. And then what happens is you'll be back to square one. So I think the route that has been chosen at the moment, and that's why I, I, I don't want to make that kind of comment about uh, whether or not it's failing the public. I think that's that's for for others to assess. But I think that the the role of the of of of, of the, the competition commission is different to that of ICASA. ICASA is very much a sector regulator, only regulates the broadcasting and the telecommunications industry, whereas Competition Commission has a broad remit over the whole economy. Okay, and then um, there's something else that has rubbed people off the wrong way. I'm sure you would have seen it on social media a couple of weeks ago, and, and without being personal, but a lot of people have raised concerns about the amount of or the number of former ICASA staff members getting jobs at multi-choice, for example, or super sport. Can you understand why ab- eyebrows are being raised here when these moves happen and why it's a concern, or is it a valid concern? Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't want to make a comment on any particular person and... Uh, you know, one wouldn't want to give any impression that there's anything improper going on. Um, so let me make that clear straight away. But I do think that perceptions are important. And sometimes the perceptions are um, that um, big companies, and, and I'm not just talking about broadcast companies, I'm talking about powerful companies in the economy, um, have a disproportionate role in bringing in the top resources from the public sector. Um, and I think the public sector, whether it's regulators or, or government departments, etc., cetera, uh, sometimes cannot compete with the uh, uh, salaries offered in the private sector. And that's why we just need to continually try and encourage younger people to take an interest in these areas because we need more skilled engineers, lawyers, technologists to go into the into the regulator to decide that's where I'm going to start my career. Um, and if they want to end up going to the private sector later on, so be it, as long as, you know, the, the proper processes are and there's, 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 uh, um, there's no conflict of interest. But I do think we need to encourage more, peop- more people to take an interest in some specialized area of, of the law or policy which involves these types of issues. Because I think, you know, often we see people, you know, will go straight for, for, for into, into, into the private sector. Um, and one understands why, because they often pay more. But I, I can say, you know, from my own experience, it, it really does uh, uh, give you a lot of uh, meaning and satisfaction that if you can help impact on a particular uh, sector and you can I- impact policy, it can be interesting to people. So maybe that's just my appeal. Instead of complaining about 
people going to, 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 to from, from regulators to the private sector, yes, that, that is happening, and yes, perceptions uh, can be louder than the reality on the ground, but we certainly need more, more people, um, as I said, engineers, technologists, and, and lawyers, and policy experts, to try and look towards having a career and, and empowering ICASA uh, more by having more skilled people there. And, and, and also, Michael, just the last one on this, on ICASA then, who, who oversees ICASA? Who holds them accountable? Do they, do they well, report to someone? Do they report to the Spot Portfolio Committee or someone? Yeah, yeah they are accountable to Parliament um, and, to the, and to the Minister of, of, of Communications and Digital Technologies, but primarily to Parliament. Their independence is actually, a lot of people don't realize, but their, the independence of the regulator with respect to broadcasting is actually mentioned in the Constitution, Section 192, says there shall be an independent regulator for broadcasting. So it's always important to hold that, uh, uh, um, uh, that, that constitutional provision in one's heart and to say, you know, is ICASA operating in a way envisaged by the Constitution? And if they're not, if people feel they're not, you know, they need to raise these issues. And I think, uh, um, you know, no, no one is above uh, accountability. You know, uh, when I was on the board at the SABC, you know, we, were, we, we had to be held accountable for our actions. Um, not everyone does everything perfectly, um, but that doesn't mean to say that there shouldn't be accountability. We should all be able to stand up in public and say, you know, this is why I took this type of decision these are our reasons, you know, if, you don't, you know if, if they don't stand up, then people obviously have a recourse to the courts, but that's not really uh, the way the SABC decided to go in this case. For those who are just joining us, we are speaking to the head of Gibbs Media Leadership Think Tank, Mr. Michael Markovitz, uh, who's also a former SABC board member. We're just getting insight um, on uh, sports broadcast rights and what seems to be the issue because a lot of people that cannot afford pay TV are missing out on, on, on not even just major sporting events, but like even the PSL, like the a certain games that you won't see throughout the season or certain teams that you won't see throughout the season. And we're trying to find out what is the issue, what has led to this monopoly, basically, of of, of in, in our sports because even the World Cup I mentioned 2019 Rugby World Cup we couldn't watch it couldn't watch it if you can't afford pay TV couldn't watch Siakolisi make history and become the first black captain of the Springboks to lift the World Cup many many black kids um, could not watch that they just didn't watch that and sometimes that's why we always said sport is just more about um, more about the money that 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 a lot of a lot of federations put emphasis on obviously money is important you need to apply it back uh, to the game but sport also inspires I mean a kid from uh, a show seeing Siak Olisi lifting the, lifting the trophy on SABC. That will stay with them for years and, and that will leave a seed in them. But unfortunately, it doesn't happen here. We are not stronger together like we've been promised or like we've been told. I'll take Colin from Cape Town before going to the break and coming back with the voice notes. Uh, Colin, good evening, my friend. Uh, good evening, Tabisha and Mike, Michael. And Tabisha, you know, um, around about 2000... 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. I used to be at work, working overtime on a Saturday morning. And on the radio, we used to have the Super 12. Whether they played overseas, uh, Springboks, Australia, and New Zealand, we used to listen to it. But all that has disappeared. Our cricket has disappeared on 
the radios. I mean, lately now, uh, not lately, the last Ed Rainsford and um, and um, and Aslam Koza and those guys. Only if the game is played in South Africa, we can listen to them on the radio. Now, I want to know, um, Mike, explain to me who is in Casa. Who are they? Are they um, uh, the big brother, like in boxing? Like in boxing, when you had this, uh, this big boys in boxing, promoters, Don King and all those things. Now, why doesn't our Minister of Sport go in and fight and raise the money to override this television monopolization. Okay. Um, okay. Now you've got, uh, yeah. you've got, you've got, you've got um, the Bundesliga, you've got this and that, but you, you can't even see our own sport on television. Or no, even on or even on radio, Colin, because you make a good point about radio. I remember, two, I think it was two years ago when we when we did the story of um, the PSL actually even selling the radio rights to to to, to SuperSport, and they had to sell them back to the SABC. If you remember, folks, there was I think the opening weekend of that season there was no football on the radio because now SABC, who have radio platforms, had to go and buy those rights from SuperSport, who don't have a radio platform, but. They were sold those rights, and that's why then it goes back to the point of unbundling the rights. If those rights could be unbundled, then SABC could be able to compete for those kind of rights, knowing that uh, they don't have competition because it doesn't make sense for radio rights to be sold to a TV channel that doesn't have um, a radio stations. But that's what's happening. That's what's been happening. And I think that's when then the unbundling of rights comes in. We'll take a break. We'll let, uh, I'll allow our guests to respond to your question, Colin, but we've got a couple more voice notes that we also want to play. SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, there's a goal in the football. Sundowns have scored against TX Galaxy. Um, it's, it looks like it's Duruk with the header, but my goodness, there's a horrible injury. He's gone down and um, they are attending to him and there is serious concern from all parties here. Yeah? I'm not sure what the nature of the injury is. I, I saw the coach Vladimir pointing to the shoulder. But he's not moving. He's just lying down. He's not moving. And we just hope that it's not as serious as it looks here. But 15 minutes gone. Sundowns 1, TX Galaxy nil. Um, Michael, there was a question from Colin about yeah. the role of the minister also. Can the minister get involved? And also, he just wanted you to simplify the role of Icaso. Maybe he missed when you were explaining yeah. it in the beginning. Yeah. I, I, I want to, before I deal with that, just on the radio rights, because I think the radio rights issue is is a very important issue and i must just say let's separating out with the, what you were talking about when essa when um radio 2000 dropped the uh, radio rights uh dropped radio uh ball by ball coverage of um that uh i was a bit disappointed by that by that decision but obviously the board member one can't get involved and that gets taken at an operational level but I do think, Tabisa, there's an opportunity for the SABC to stream radio. You know, if you know, if you look at our 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 our, our, our streaming platform, if you look at our, our our news app, you know, yes, I understand that cricket can dislodge a lot of commercial programming on Radio 2000. That's probably why the decision was made. Where you have this 
juggling act between the public mandate and commercial sustainability. And sometimes that juggling act is very hard to, to achieve. And you can un understand why SABC management might take a decision to say, listen, we, we're trying to stabilize the ship. We can't afford to lose advertising. But at the same time, the public loses out. So one way of looking at, at maybe the future of radio and, 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 and cricket in particular, which takes up a lot of time, is create a, you know, a, 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 an audio streaming uh, uh, channel for, radio, for cricket um, that could be on as many different platforms as possible. On the question of the minister, minister no, the minister is not allowed to uh, interfere with the decision-making of ICASA because it is independent in law. Uh, so therefore, the minister doesn't have a role uh, on, the, on the determination of the regulations that is determined by, by ICASA after a public process. And I'll just maybe miss that part. ICASA is the regulator for all broadcasters and mobile and telecommunication operators in South Africa, and they issue licenses to broadcasters and telcos. Okay, thanks for that clarity. I know we've kept you longer than agreed on, but there's so much interest in this topic. And um, before we go back to the voice note, let me also acknowledge some of the tweets, some, something we don't do regularly. But uh, the Duke of Kimberley, geez, there's a Duke in Kimberley, says there are sports that desperately need exposure like netball, but in order for them to get exposure, those that can't afford pay TV need to have access to the sports. This monopoly is killing our sports. Zico Smith says it's sad that we can't even see the T20 League on SABC. Dan Ngobeni says this monopoly must be challenged. How on earth are we supposed to see cricket and rugby if our pockets are not deep? Our government should step in. And um, there's a lot of that, actually, of those kind of messages on social media. Let's play a couple of voice notes. Uh, I think multi-choice or super sport run by politicians, like the PSL, it's run by the politicians. The way they act, they connect. All that they did, it's a selfishness, a cruelty. You know, uh, remember last time when SABC uh, was not allowed to show the game, they acquired all the right to show the PSL games. I remember SABC go to court to, you know, to ask court to acquire some games. Uh, it shows that in our country, Tabiso, uh, we allow those politicians to be all over. And evening, SAFM is Mandilake in Deep Sloot. Um, I think um, Supersport is affecting South Africa very badly. Um, people who are hopeless, who are poor, look up, look up to sport, you know, look up to football. And when they take away that from people, this is wrong. They leave people hopeless. And SAPC built uh, the, 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 the PSL to what it is today. And now they are here to take. Um, now SAPC is trying to bring back boxing. When is it? When it is fine, it is on the right stage. They will come and just take. They've been denying South Africans to watch cricket for a very long time and rugby. I think South Africans need to rise against super sport. Good evening to you, brother Toby. So good evening to all the listeners. SABC Radio is an insult when it comes to sports for the nation. They don't consider people that cannot see. They can only hear. 
So radio, when it comes to sports, it's a big no-no. We don't see the national games. We don't hear the national games at all. Why is it that way? Why must it be that you must be to own DSTV to get in touch with the sports? Why? Thank you, Chapter 2. Good evening, Tabiso and the team. Uh, it's Tabadi here in KZN. Uh, speaking of uh, that rights thing, exclusive rights for super sports, uh, I was just wondering, why do you even bother uh, with uh, status updates? Uh, I mean, match results, reports, and all of that for this SA20 league. Because if Supersport and CSA want to keep it exclusive for the reach, let them like not have any access to the free promotion and marketing from, from SABC, the platform for everyone. Thank you. Uh, Tabiso, I think there's a point to be made for the monopolistic way in which uh, Supersport works with the issues of rights and all that. I think there's a point to be made there which uh, everyone agrees with. Uh, that I think is a bit unfair in terms of how the distribution is done. But also, Tabiso, let's be honest as well. The SABC needs to get its governance and other arrangements in order here. It can't be crying like a crybaby all the time while it knows that its government arrangements are in chaos. It has to be properly managed entity because getting the sports rights is not going to change how the SABC is mismanaged. And that must be sorted out as well. Okay, thanks for those voice notes. Some good points there. I just want to pick up on the one about radio, um, Michael, because you did touch on it before I went to the voice notes. And, and maybe sometimes we, we also forget um, um, the uh, people that are visually impaired, for example, that and we always focus on, on, on TV. Clearly, this is a sore point for them. I mean, what do regulations even say about this when it comes to radio rights and the fact that cricket is not even on radio now on the SABC? And that was an SABC decision. Well, you know, the thing is, is that I'm a, I'm a big fan of, let's call them audio rights, because radio is a technology and audio you could channel, you can get it on, on any platform. And I'm a big fan that, that, that SEBC should, should really pursue more audio or radio rights on different platforms for different sports as much as possible. I mean, the, visual, the visually impaired, uh, that, that's an ex- excellent point. But there's a lot of people who, while they're traveling, um, want to listen to, to a game while they're driving uh, all over the country. And I think with the radio rights, uh, the ball-by-ball coverage coming off 2000, which, you know, SABC made that decision, um, I think we, we need to try and give access to audio rights through other platforms, through streaming. And audio streaming is cheaper on the data than video streaming. The sports rights regulations only really focus on television in a big way. And I think that's why radio rights have not, have not been protected as much. Um, but just on the point that one of the callers made about governance, that caller is absolutely right. But look at the current situation now, Tabisa. You know, my, the board that I just served on, the term ended on the 15th of October 2022. There's been no SABC board for 100 days today. Now, the SABC doesn't appoint its own board. So I think it's not really fair to criticize the SABC for a failure in governance. When there was a board, there was a handover report prepared. And I think whatever one thought of the previous board, at least you didn't have stories of corruption coming out of the SABC like you used to in the past, 
obviously it's not perfect, but there was a lot more stability and governance. And I think it's a big source of concern, and I, and I, and I support what that caller said, is that without proper governance, you know, it's, you can't talk about rights, you can't talk about anything, but I still think that it's unfair to blame the SABC for that because uh, we're waiting for the president to, to appoint the, 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 the 12 members who've been selected by parliament. We need to get that new board in as soon as possible. 100 days is far too long for the SABC to Out be Out of interest, what's board. taking so long? I think uh, that that question should be asked at the presidency. I, I, I'm not sure what's taking so long. It shouldn't have taken so long. Um, I knew, like all of us, the chairperson Makatini, uh, Jack Palani, and DK Mahubo, the four of us who managed the full five-year term, we knew from 2017 that our term ended on the 15th of October 2022. The fact that the planning at the parliamentary level that the vetting issues and other delays are frankly none of those excuses i think are justifiable the sabc is too far an important institution to not have started the process in time so that we could have to use the sporting uh, analogy to be so we wanted to pass the baton to a board on the 16th of october to say here's the handover over to you you know Unfortunately, uh, uh, through no fault of management's own, management does not have an oversight or an accounting authority at the moment. There's no SABC board. And there's a lot of decisions that are piling up. Uh, I, know, I, know, I know that just because I've been on the board, I don't know the particular decisions, obviously, now that I've left the SABC. But I can say for a fact, having been there for a long time, in three months, many decisions will be piling up that only a board could take or should take. And it's of, it's of concern to me, and yeah, a lot of us who care about public broadcasting would like to see that board appointed yesterday. And just as we wrap up now, Michael, the other uh, argument, and I mentioned earlier on maybe that the federations, obviously, everybody needs money to survive. The federations are no different. They also need money. And the other argument is that ultimately, SABC just does not have the money to compete. Is that the case, or are the rights being priced out of the market for the SABC? To compete? You know, I, I think that, look, that, that's a very, very good and tough question. I think absolutely correct is the SABC cannot go toe to toe and get all the rights that uh, pay TV would be able to afford because the SABC doesn't have access to subscription revenue. It really has to survive on advertising and on license fees, and it just can't compete with that kind of money. What we're talking about is being able to carve out free to air rights for sports on radio, on television that the SABC can bid for, for those free-to-air rights. So you don't have a situation where the SABC is competing with a pay TV broadcaster mm -hmm. for free-to-air rights. That's why we wanted them unbundled. That's why most people who look at how to level the playing field saying that the, the sports rights bodies could end up getting exactly the same amount of money if they unbundled the rights, or even if they got slightly less, they would be providing greater access to South Africans, because after all, to be so, what is all of this about? This is about access. It's about access to sport that can not only you know change a person's life, but help drive the growth of a sports channel, help uh, uh, with 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 the business of sport for teams and sponsorship by giving those sponsors access to a far broader audience. So, one is not just talking about access for access' sake. We think it's a public sport is a public mandate I issue. You know, that, that's it. There's no debating it. And I think that what everyone who cares about this really is pushing for is greater access for South Africans who cannot afford pay TV.
Okay, Michael Markovitz, we're going to have to leave it here only because of time, but a lot of people have an appetite for this conversation, and I think we need to have uh, keep these conversations going so that we can enlighten uh, people and just create awareness and educate them about what is going on. But we thank you very much for the time you've given us over the past uh, two weeks, and hopefully we'll catch up with you again in the not-too-distant future. But thank you for the insight. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That's uh, head of Gibbs Media Leadership Think Tank and former SAB support member, Mr. Michael Markovitz. You can also follow him on uh, Twitter, MM Markovitz there. And uh, for those who've just caught us in the middle of the conversation, we will make the podcast available um, as early as we can tomorrow. You must always check on safm.co.za on the podcast page. The podcasts are always up at at least 10 or 11 the next day. There's a, um, We've got a young man here, Cabello Clinton, that does the podcast. So he's always up to date and he will always put them up on safm.co.za even if they're not on twitter and i haven't shared them on twitter but they will always be on the website so do check them out um we're going to end with a voice note still one nil to sundowns against galaxy but it looks to be another another head injury here say the ticks galaxy goalkeeper is being told not to come back onto the field even though he's walking um but uh, there's obviously concussion protocols and all that stuff so it looks like it's going to be replaced uh, but let's play the last voice notes How's it, Tabi? So Luzuko here from PE. I'll call it what it is, my brother. I'll say it. These broadcasters, like multi-choice, are continuing the legacy of apartheid in this country because they are keeping the status quo of making these sporting codes sports only for the elite, sports only for those who can afford. Sports like rugby, cricket, tennis, golf, uh, and the list goes on. Ababando, aba, baya kubeke kango segregator. But you know, basebe inza indira is okukileo currently now. And these are sporting calls that generally we've got less representation as black people in. How does this serve for development and inspiring Abandoana who wants to participate in these sporting calls at, at a national level? Yeah, no, I have nothing to add to that. I think you've just closed the show uh, perfectly there with your views. I just hope we'll be able to see the cricket because England is here and uh, they're playing the first ODI against the Proteas in a bloom on, um, on, on when is it, Katlako? Is it, is it the 29th on Sunday? I think that's when the first ODI is between the Proteas and England. It's on Friday, sorry, it's on, fr- it's on Friday the 27th. The second one is on the 29th. I just hope we'll be able to see the cricket um, on SABC. We're going to have to leave it here. Our song is up next, Tuesdays, and the legend, Mr. Dan Moyane, is here. He's going to take over the show from Songhezo right now. One of only 11 Swallows supporters that I still know or that are proud to be known as Swallows supporters, Mr. Dan Moyane. And I see He's dressed in his swallows colors there. So I don't know if he's going to talk about swallows for the entire hour. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be educated. Whether it's swallows or broadcasting, where class is about to get in session.